Um, all right, you just want to get into it? You know, looking at that stack, I'm almost wondering if we should split the deck. What do you think about that? Uh, I think this is going to be about four episodes. Right here. And this isn't even all of them. This isn't every... What if, what if we is... split it? I get half, you get half. So the one can... thing, now I I did not... Vet... Should we be recording this? Are we recording? Are we going? We're tell, recording. Tell them. Okay, what's the, what's the deal? Anyways. Tell me what you're thinking. So th I didn't go through it all. So there's a ton of shit in here. Like, And there's a bunch of like sports... Okay. Tickets that aren't gonna that we can just probably go through real quick. All right. Well, welcome to the road, the stage. Welcome to episode whatever it is. Seven thousand nine hundred and fifty-three. A few episodes back, we went through a bunch of tickets from my past. And my, here's my that like picks. you went home. Yes. And you found so I've got this little baggie, but you had this cute little Harry Potter tin. Oh box. yes, yes, cute very little, cute. Yes. And you probably hadn't looked at those ticket stubs in how long? Like very long time. Very long time, right? Yeah. So whereas this is still like there's. You know, tickets from just before the pandemic. Like Can I, I feel this. I, I've held on to st stubs for a long time. It's got some weight. It's, it's a... got some weight. And then think about how many shows too that are like paperless now. Yeah, for that sure. I don't have. And the other thing that you'll notice is, and I can guarantee uh, you won't find in here at all. And I think we've alluded to it a couple of times that I've seen Motley Crue on occasion. I do have uh, a poster mm -hmm. at home that's got all twenty-one of my Motley Crue ticket stubs in the poster. So there are no. Those are all missing. Okay, two things. Yeah, go ahead. Later. How how are they on how are they on the poster? You just taped them on? Uh, or is this like some special thing that you can get done? No, there I I did it myself. I just can't remember what adhesive I used. And when, 21 times. Yeah. Like how explain that to me cuz Molly Crew obviously a huge band. But 21 times were they coming through Alberta so every other year? Here's the great part for people that don't know about living in Red Deer, which yes. is directly in the middle of Edmonton and Calgary. I see where this is going. If there's a band you love, yeah, you can double up pretty easily. Right. Okay. Which see. so a lot of that was yeah because I mean honestly, if you go from I saw Motley Crue the first time in '87 on the Girls 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 tour, and then on the Doctor Feelgood tour, and then I didn't see them again until the early 2000s. <laughs> and you're still at 21. Tickets. In which case, yes. I went a little ballistic. Um, you went to their farewell show in L.A.? Yeah. Was that is that the only place you've traveled to outside of Alberta for a Motley Crue show? Uh, no. Also went to the Shoreline Amphitheater in uh, Mount View, just outside of San Francisco. Oh, wow. Uh, Penticton. <laughs> and the okay. reason the Penticton <laughs> show was we had a family vacation booked when, when the Edmonton-Calgary dates were on. Right. Okay, okay. So it just worked that I drove out to Penticton, saw that, turned around, came home, and then picked up the family and went on a... Road trip. With okay, them. cool. Very cool. All right. Well, yes. let's let's get into I, it. I fully one hundred thousand percent expect to be made fun of a lot. I expect Ryan and Riley to be laughing their asses off and rolling eyes at some because there's stuff in here that whatever. Yeah, like so. How do you, you want to do it? Should we split not, it up? Let me just say, there's not one stub. I guarantee. I guarantee there's not one stub in here where you're going to be like, oh damn, I wish I had gone to that show. You don't think there's a I single one? I don't know that there's going to be a single one. You're going to be. I call envious bullshit. Of, I call but, bullshit. All right, let's see. see it. Let's see it. Let's see. Break open. Pete's tick picks. I see a Broadway ticket. Okay, never mind. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna jump ahead. I was just gonna say there might be. Oh, oh and that's God. you know what? Honestly, that's another one that is not in there. Is I saw Metallica uh, at Webster Hall in New York. Yes, right. Uh, and that ticket stub is also part of the poster. Yeah. There's um, used to old radio old paraphernalia. Radio name tags. I don't know. How do you want to do it? What do you want to do? Yeah. Let me let me grab this stack, and. Uh, Something catches my eye for Good. better so or worse. We'll just <laughs> okay. So right <laughs> off the just, bat, uh, white buffalo, white buffalo. Oh, oh my god, white buffalo. 
White Buffalo. What the hell is this? It's a coin. Oh, yeah, I know what that is. Foo Fighters, Billings, Montana. So it, it got to the point where normally I would buy a concert T-shirt as the souvenir. Yeah. But after a while, you look for something a little different. Yeah, to get. for sure. So, yeah, for Foo, sure. Foo Fighters had coins at that show, and I. Uh, All right. Well, I get the coin. Get to it. Let's see what's up. Uh, there's not much. Like uh, the Glorious Sons, the Contender Tour at Bose, yep. which was back. That was part of the back-to-back nights. I want to say, which yeah, October 29th was this one. So there should be an October 30th there. Uh, ACDC Commonwealth Stadium. Uh, this is uh, 2015. <laughs> And I want to say that's the year that they played Thunderstruck in a thunderstorm, in, which was pretty cool in Edmonton. At Commonwealth. at Commonwealth. Right, 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 right. Okay, okay, okay. Um, Foo Fighters, Def Leppard, John Fogarty. Dear God. Okay, so some of these you've you've stolen the, the tickets of the people you went with. Like there's a, oh, there's a stack <laughs> of Paul McCartney tickets here. There's three of them no, for the same I, night. I just bought them all. I you just, bought three seats. I, you wanted, needed... I wanted to stretch out. Relax. Oh God, here's an embarrassing one. I'll just put that one over there. Did I does it start with an H? <laughs> yeah. Six letters. Six letters. Starts Which, with an H. All right, fine. And I think we talked about this because uh, Ryan, did you work the show? We are talking okay, show the ticket. The ticket is I saw it. It's Headley. It's Headley. You did, yeah. Ryan worked that Producer show. Producer Ryan worked so, that show. This is Saturday, February 10th, 2018. And I believe it would have been like Monday, February 12th when all hell broke loose. Right, uh, right. For that band. So. When, well, their Red Deer show was like the last one, wasn't it? I, I, they were, the... I want to say, and then they were in Medicine Hat, I think. There was supposed to be a show in Medicine Hat. We should say before uh, alleged behavior discrepancies accusations uh, yeah. accusations um i'm curious about this one i uh, january t- 2010 you went and saw guns and roses on the chinese democracy tour yeah was it good uh those you know i saw the chinese democracy tour a couple of times oh really and they were hit and miss there was, there it was, was like one a that, five-year tour or right something, right yeah. there was one that actually wasn't terrible and then the other one was hideous okay okay yeah. interesting is that when he was upset that people were making fun of him uh, you know what? Honestly, yes, that's right. That would have been right around Axel, that same Axel time. Axel put on does a it few have, pounds. Does it have openers on? The, I forget. Nope. Okay. Nope. Pengrove Saddledome. Where the hell is that? Is that Edmonton? <laughs> is it Red Deer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Pengrove Saddledome. Um. All right. All right. We're going through. You've got the. You've got the gamut of uh, of classic rock, no doubt. Um. You've seen Van Halen a number of times, eh? Uh, yeah, I think only like three. Okay, only three times. Sorry. All right. Is there? Ooh, yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. I'm going through. You got anything else that's uh, that's popping out there? Uh, well, I mean, just to show some different. There's uh, Diamond Rio, um, from playing the Centrium during Westerner days. You're gonna you're gonna find some country in there, and just remember, I worked country radio for a lot of years. Now, so I gonna be don't know who Diamond Rio is. Okay, that's fine. Is, should I? Um. <laughs> I think had some pretty big '90s country hits. Uh, they did, yeah. Um, Here's, I don't even remember being at this show. Brett Kissel and Tim Hicks. Brett Kissel and Tim which Hicks, which is a Westerner Day show. I don't remember that one at more all. More country, more country. Brad Paisley, which you've I've seen that I've before. Seen. Incredible guitar player. We got a we got a thumbs up in the studio or what? Okay. Now this one doesn't count as a uh, concert per se, but it's fine. And I hang on to everything. Oh, this is actually, okay, no, this isn't the exact one I was thinking of. Long Time Running, mm-hmm. which was the, the HIP documentary. But there was another, when the HIP released We Are the Same, they did a uh, one-night-only screening in theaters yes. where they did the tour of the bathhouse and Strombo hosted, and I would give 
anything to see that again. Yeah, it just doesn't exist. It just doesn't exist. They took that uh, one night only thing to heart. Uh, evening with the trues. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, there's a ton of tickets here from like the late 80s, early 90s. Arrows, you've seen Aerosmith a number of times, eh? Yeah. Uh, good show? Uh, you know what? Honestly, yeah. And probably one of the more memorable ones, and one that I love bringing up all the time, too, is they did the Root of All Evil tour with Motley Crue in about 2007, I want to say. So Motley Crue opened, Aerosmith headlined. Damn. Uh, and it's because I like all kinds of music, and I yep. love all kinds of rock. So that show is really split down the middle at the end of the night, because Motley Crue came out, and they're they're terrible live, right? Vince can't sing. It's they're, they're not known for their musicianship. Yeah. But it was this big, bombastic show, and they had, like, this fire-breathing dragon on the stage, and just the presence of everything was just very theatrical and wow. Yeah. But you could barely hear them, and you could barely see them because it was so dark. And then Aerosmith comes out, and there's really next to nothing on the stage. Yeah, yeah. And it's just all pure musicianship, right? And and Steven Tyler serenading a cappella to the crowd, and everybody's just wowed by it. So at the end of that night, you've got people like, oh, Motley Crue sucks. You couldn't even hear Aerosmith's better. And then you got people that are like, well, Aerosmith was so boring. Boring, boring. yeah. I'm like, why yeah. can't we have both? Yeah. Well, I guess, I don't know. I, that is a strange pairing to me, though. And rock fans do tend to get split like that very much, but yeah. Well, this is one, speaking of uh, a difference, in 1990, this is before I was born, by the way, Alice Cooper with Great White. Oh, with Great White, yeah. So The place did not burn down. Great White is not like a big theatrical band, right? No, but you <laughs> try to find somebody that is as big and theatrical as Alice. Alice. Cooper, yeah. I guess so, yeah. I mean, Molly Crew could have opened. Uh, yeah, but even at that time, Alice was still over and above just about anything that anybody else was doing. So you got to see that whole, like, you know, uh, vaudeville. So that was my that was the first time I would have seen the uh, the guillotine. Oh, he has interesting. Yeah, I forgot I, about I that. that. I forgot about yeah. that. Okay, okay. Um, oh, man, there's so much country. I got the country stack over here. Now, Metallica in 1989. Is that the first time you saw them? That was Justice, yeah. Well, yeah, so that's Do you remember a, it well? Oh, well, I made it memorable. And that's, can I see that one? Yeah, that's, okay. So this ticket stub got me in a lot of trouble. Which I think maybe I've told you this story before. It's a good story. So this is the this is a classic uh, concert story. If you go back to 1989 and Justice for All had just come out, Metallica at that point is still the bad band, right? Yeah. Like just the kids from the wrong side of the tracks are listening to the thrash metal. They They're hadn't quite crossed hounds. over. Yeah, yeah they yeah. hadn't quite crossed over to the mainstream yet. It was yeah. Parents were scared of Metallica. Oh, yeah. at that time, and my parents included. So they forbid me to go to that show. Uh, so did they throw out a, a tape at the time or uh, it was a different okay, cassette, okay. but yeah, that along those lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so I'm 15 in 1989, 14, 15. Uh, so they forbid me to go to the show and there was nothing that was going to keep me from going to that show. So we had this whole scheme cooked up that I was having a sleepover at a friend's house the night of the show. Uh, and I did. Uh, but my friend's buddies were going in, or his parents were going into Calgary that night. Yeah. So I hitched a ride with them into Calgary. Unbeknownst, they thought we were just tagging along for Calgary. They dropped us off and they were going to pick us up later. Yeah. Uh, so me and my buddy are in Calgary. He didn't even have a ticket for the show. I was meeting another friend. Oh, okay. We go into the show. So my friend that whose parents are a part of this, unbeknownst, is sits outside on the front steps of the saddle dome and here's the show. I'm in, I watch the show, everything's great, ah, awesome. We meet his parents back up at the place we're supposed to meet them back up. Yeah. Go back to Didsbury. I do end up spending the night at his place. Uh, I buy a concert shirt. Right. But the next morning I go home and I'm like, oh, my buddy Jim was at the show. He bought, got me a shirt. Got me a shirt. 
And my parents like, okay. Uh, so uh, everything's good. I got away with it, scot-free. However, that damn ticket stub I left in my jean jacket pocket. And of course, if, as a 14, 15 year old, you're not doing laundry. My mom does the laundry, goes through the pockets and pulls out the stub. And I do vividly remember getting the trust talk. Oh, okay, after yeah, because you're a dirty liar. Dirty, filthy, stinking liar. So did the ticket stub get washed? No, she checked. She would oh, check. Oh, this is the ticket. That is the stub. That is the stub. They didn't they'd let you keep it. I got to keep the stub, and I oh, must have, I'd, somehow I must have put on a, a, a happy face and batted the eyelashes. Did you get I, grounded? I got, I got, oh yeah, I got grounded, and like I say, that's the most stern <laughs> talking to I ever got uh, <laughs> as a teenager. So I have to tell but you a quick story. That is the stub. Um, I... My dad worked for a company that uh, they had their name on. It's I forget what it's called. It was, it was a coliseum in Toronto, where the AHL, the Toronto AHL team used to play. Yeah. And uh, when I was, I think, like sixteen, maybe seventeen, um, found out that the Rackon Tours were playing there. This is on their second album, uh, Consolers of the Lonely. And my dad said, "Well, you know what? I'll get the box, so you can invite a bunch of friends. We'll go see this band." And about two weeks before, boom, similar, not a ticket stub in my pocket in the wash, but a little <laughs> bit of marijuana. And uh, yeah, that was, I did not go to the Rack on Tour show, oh. which actually kind of, it kind of worked out because last minute they had to change the venue and they actually ended up playing at a club in Toronto. So we wouldn't have had the box anyways. <laughs> but yeah, there was a solid week where I was like, wow, like I got busted with a little, little bit of marijuana. And uh, lost the opportunity to see this band that I can't stop listening to. And you probably didn't see the. Did you see the Rock and Tours nope. after that? No. Nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope. No, I didn't. I did not. I did not. Uh, okay, that's a good detour. Here's another Metallica stub, which is this is the Commonwealth show in 2017, which I think you were. Yes. That's the one that yep. you had to wrangle a bunch of uh, crazy radio listeners. Yeah, somehow you didn't end up having to wrangle listeners that time. Nope. You you just went on free all and by clear yourself. On that one. Uh, Garth Brooks. October 1993 at the Saddle Dome. So I'm going to say that's one of the first times that he would have. Yeah, it seems really early. Is that No Fences album? I think was 92. I don't know anything about Garth Brooks, but 93 seems. So he, early. I do remember. So it was the same. And the other stuff might be around here somewhere too. Is I saw ACDC on the Razor's Edge tour, mm -hmm. and then about three weeks later, it was Garth on this tour. And I remember at that time going like, "This guy is going to be huge" because he put on every bit the rock show. Really? ACDC did. And the crowd was every bit as loud for Garth as they were ACDC. Man, people love... Hey, what, what are our producers' thoughts on Garth Brooks? Have you guys seen him before? Did you grow up loving him? Because that's what I've learned. Uh, there's a good chunk of Alberta that uh, just, like, you're born here and you just... Garth Brooks is the man. Well, Even if I'm you don't you... listen... Like, that, that Garth Brooks string of shows he did, like, four or five years ago, I know people who went to that show that listened to, like, just metal. Yeah. Like, Garth Brooks Garth, has a huge, huge reach. Garth pulled in people that listened to all, like, yeah, people that would never. And, I mean, if you grew up around here, like, in bush parties, yeah. like, I mean, you couldn't avoid Garth through much of the 90s. Man, these are, there are There's, so many tickets here. I do have a lot of. Uh, they weren't in uh, too much of an order. No. Okay, good. No. Yeah, I've got, there's so many hockey tickets here, just a ton of Oiler games. Oh, boy. Oilers and Stars. Oh, there's uh, the World Wrestling Federation. In? Uh, uh, that's 2000. In Calgary? Oh, that's 2002. That's here in Red Deer. I actually got to participate in the show. Oh, right. Like that yeah. one we did in, uh, me and a guy from a competing radio station got to do an arm wrestling competition. Right, right, right. In the ring beforehand. 
Uh, there's another Ooh, interesting. How about Tool? So you saw Tool in 2017. Oh, that was that's pretty pretty recent. Pretty recent. You know the the one the the big takeaway that I had from that show, and it, I, and I mean it, it is awesome because you're, you know, you spend the first three songs going like, where the hell's mate? Like, where's the yeah, where's yeah. the front man? Which has always been the biggest complaint I've heard about a live Tool show is that he is elusive very elusive you got to look for him but the one thing that i thought was so funny about that show was like from the moment you came into the saddle dome there's posters up on the doors that are saying you know no video recording no camera recording very strict policy on no cameras yeah we saw tons of people getting their cameras taken away from them during the show they had it on like the led ring about you know no cameras and then at one point of the show man is like Whatever you do in life, don't ever listen to authority. You do what you want to do. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> okay, click, click, click. That's hilarious. What a guy. What a classic guy. Uh, Kelowna Rockets versus the Calgary Hitman. Like, I don't even know. You got some fancy. The Darkness. Oh, did I see? I've seen The Darkness. I thought you weren't a fan of The Darkness. Uh, I mean, I'm not. But... It's also signed to Peter. From some guy named Dan. Where's that show at? Uh, whoa, what the hell is going on here? No, this is, you've never been to I don't, England, have you? No, no, no. <laughs> I think that's, I think somebody, uh, that was a gift. I think somebody gifted Peter me Peter Michaels saw the darkness. Like, I saw the darkness? I've never at seen uh, the darkness. O2 Arena. Beautiful. Uh, Heritage Classic, Flames and Habs. Very fun. Um, there's the Jack White at the Stampede Corral. Which is the one where the phones went into the bags? Right? Oh yeah, you were yeah. In that one yep. in the yep on the other side. Um, oh, this is I. This is a favorite. Okay, what do we got? What do we got? Merle Haggard. Oh wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Hold on a second. Merle's, Merle was, Merle's no longer. Merle's on this no longer earth. with us. Row six on the floor at uh, Skyreach Center. Edmonton, 2001. Oh wow. So this is well into Merle's career. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that was an amazing show. Did you grow up with Merle Haggard? Did we not mention yeah, that from Didsbury? It was. It was like something like, beca- like, did it seep down from your parents' listening habits or was it just You know, honestly, a that's a great question. I think it was more community because yeah. uh, my dad definitely was not a country fan. My dad's an old hippie, so he yeah. was into all the, the counterculture 60s stuff for yeah. sure. So I think it was just uh, um, just seeped down. So here's – I've got uh, George Strait. There's, I saw George Strait a bunch of times too because I love George. Uh, and with George Strait, he never toured Canada for a long, long time. And there was a lot of various rumors as to why that was. Well, he he he, uh, he was a bit of a bad boy, wasn't he? Uh, not necessarily George, but I think others in his band. He's got oh, the Ace okay. in the Hole band. Oh, okay. So I think there I'd heard rumors that there were just certain band members that weren't allowed to make the trip. Um, so he just never did. So in 1997-ish, he was playing in Billings. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's a group of us that decided we're going to drive to Billings to go see him because he never comes to Canada. Billings, Montana. Billings, Montana. So we... Took a couple of days to drive down there. Took it nice and slow. Morning of the show, which I think was a Saturday, we get up and some uh, friends that we were with come knocking on the hotel room door and they're like, you guys aren't going to believe it. We just turned the radio. The show's canceled. Oh. What? So I phoned the radio station up and he's like, yeah, he was coming from Wyoming and his trucks got stuck in a snowstorm in Wyoming and couldn't make it. So they canceled the show. And you, what did you do? You just turn around and go home? We or? got blitzed in Billings. <laughs> we had. <laughs> That's why um, you like Billings so much. We had a very good time that night. Um, yeah, man, you have a much deeper uh, knowledge for country than uh, I think I ever. Yeah, well, as I'm looking over I've here, imagined. Alan Jackson, Sawyer Brown, Mark Chestnut, Vince Gill. 
Another Who the Alan hell is Mark? Is that Mark Chestnut a, a Christmas He's musician? One of the uh, chipmunks. The chipmunks. Uh, Don Williams, who I think we've brought up Don Williams before, and you have no idea who Don Williams is. Uh, but he's not quite haggard, but... American uh, Pie. Okay, him. No? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. That one's... Right, and that was, one, that like was that one. recent? Uh, that one's 2014. Okay. Uh, I did see him twice. I forget when the other time was. My mom ended up seeing him, like, right like on, the, on that last tour. And uh, I'm very glad that she did. Yeah, there's more Garth. Holy crap. What was Vince Neil of Motley Crue with special guest? So you've got Vince Neil, singer, the only singer for Motley Crue? Uh, no, John Karabi took over in 1994. Okay. Uh, with what some will call Motley Crue's best album because they actually had a guy that could sing. Oh, wow. And this is 2004. So what was Vince Neil doing solo in 2004? Uh, you know, I don't remember. Just doing Motley he Crue songs? probably doesn't either. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I saw he's doing... Uh, He's doing, uh, like, he's getting fat sucked out of him or something. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that's called. Yeah, but. yeah. there's some money exchanging hands there for sure. Uh, Muse. Oh, yeah. That Which, Muse, Muse show was great. That so, was absolutely phenomenal. Later again, it was that was 2017 at the Budweiser stage. But that was also kind of your, your, uh, your uh, like, that was the first time you'd really experienced them, right? Like, you hadn't really listened to them too much before the show. Not, not a ton. Obviously, like, familiar with Knights of Sidonia and some of the bigger stuff as yeah, well, yeah. but I hadn't really ever delved, like, deep, deep, deep into yeah. Muse. But after that night, I sure did. I was a huge fan of Muse in high school. And um, when I first started dating my girlfriend, about a month into us dating, it was her birthday. And they were playing in Calgary. And I was kind of like, you know, pretty sick that we should, should go see this band for your birthday. And she had no interest. And then within a few months, started listening to Muse. And we still talk about it to this day. Yeah. That is, one, regret. That is regret. one band that I would never miss. Yeah. And I, that's the only time I've seen them. Yeah. But I know for sure I would never miss that show. Unreal that musicians, with. like un unbelievable. I forget the name of the opening opening band was um, had like a backwards letter in their name. But like they were Paris, but right, the Paris was that. the upside it down. Looks like Puris. Puris. Yeah. Uh, and then Thirty Seconds to Mars. Um, yeah. There's... Sloan at Bows. Oh, here's uh, ACDC with L.A. Guns, nineteen ninety one. LA Guns like and old now, punk or is that just straight up rock? No, so LA Guns was actually the precursor to Guns N' Roses. Oh, so Guns N' Roses oh. originally was Axl Rose and Tracy Guns. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and then they split and went their separate ways. But this one's this one's funny. I should bring this for you, uh, Ryan, and just to hear the audio recording of it. We snuck a tape recorder in, a cassette recorder in for the. So I st actually have this show bootlegged on a cassette at home. And uh, it's it's so funny. There's one part we always joke about this because uh, my buddy was getting ready to uh, to light some paraphernalia at the saddle dome. So all you can hear in the background of this recording is you just hear him going, "Are you are you gonna light it? <laughs> yeah, man, I'm gonna light it. But um, are you gonna light it now?" <laughs> That's so funny. But it sounds so terrible. I can't even remember what kind of recorder we would have had, but some actual cassette. Uh, thing that we had snuck in there. Uh, Rural Alberta Advantage and Yukon Blonde is uh, an all-time favorite. Yeah. Um, at That one was at the Memorial Center. Oh. I don't know. I wasn't there for that one. Uh, that's 2017. That has got to be one of my favorite shows at Bo's was Rural was Alberta Rural? Advantage. Yeah. Like, I wanted, I kind of, I was thinking about it with Dan Mangan last week, but that time I saw him back in 2011, um, I remember thinking during his show, like, I, I could mosh right now. 
Like there was something so like loud and heavy about some of the songs that he was playing, and I feel that that way about Raw as well. Like they just they just go for it. That drummer hits that, hits those drums hard. There's not I don't know that there's another drummer out there that does what he does. Yeah, and fantastic. just like constant fills too, right? Like there's never just a steady. Yeah, yeah. Like always fills. Far from basic. There's another Brad Paisley. My God, look at this table. That's what we should do with these tickets. We should we'll lacquer this lacquer table. Them all up. I like. I don't know. At some point, I got to do something with them, right? <clears throat> um, you all right? Over there already? I have selected some some takeaways. First of all, I think a lot of people would be jealous that you got to see Judas Priest in 1990. Uh, not just Judas Priest. Judas Priest. Now, is, is, are they all on there? No, it's just oh. Judas Priest. It was Judas Priest, Megadeth. Whoa. I want to say Anthrax was on. Wowee. Hello. Megadeth and Judas Priest for sure. Uh, and I want to say Anthrax might have been on that bill. You'd think I'd remember that. I do. I just, I the thing I take away from that show that I remember the most is just Halford came out on a, on a bike. Right, right. right so right. it's everything just goes black, and then all of a sudden you just hear this bike fire up, and you just see this one single headlight, and then Halford comes riding out. Because I think those were good seats too, right? Are they floor? Uh, these are floor seats, yep. What row? Row 12. Yeah. So in back in those days... For $25. Row 12 would actually end up being like row 5, right? Because as soon as the lights go down, everybody rushes forward. Right, and, right, right, right. Uh, Cinderella with Slaughter. Cinderella good, was like early 90s, late some, 80s, like hair, some hair good, rock. Some good hair. Iron Maiden. Ro Robert Plant and the Strange Sensation. So 2005. So he's doing just... Purely solo stuff, right? Uh, he did. I like. I remember for sure he did Gallows Pole that night. Uh, he might have done like three Zeptunes. Was it a boring most, concert? Uh, honestly, <laughs> it was not the most exciting show. Unfortunately. Oh, here you like this one. Oh, Kid Rock <laughs> on the Born Free tour twenty years ago, May two thousand and eleven. Wow, did you like that one? Uh, I think I went. I think the does it say the Trues opened? No. I think I went for the Trues. I'm pretty sure the Trues opened the that Trues show. The Trues opened for Kid the, Rock? The Trues opened for Kid Rock, yeah. Wow. Um, so this one, 2010, 11 years ago. Do you remember what concert you saw 11 years ago in July? Uh, July? July 2010. You did travel for it. Um, did, um, does it give it away if I say or if you say where? Uh, yeah. Okay. San Francisco. Uh, in oh, oh. Yeah, well, that's... Paul yeah. McCartney, for what? The, how many times have you seen Macca? Macca, just like five, but that was right. the first. Oh, really? Okay. That was, and that's, honestly, that's where the love of San Francisco for me began. Crazy. On cool. that particular cool. trip, because for that show, I'd never seen McCartney and grew up, my dad was a massive Beatles fan, more so a Lennon fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but massive Beatles fan. And I, you know, I was like, how many more opportunities are there going to be? My wife and I hadn't done a vacation together since... You know, our honeymoon in 2000, so it'd been right. 10 years since we'd gone anywhere. So I said, let's go see McCartney. And then we're just looking at the list of dates that he had, and my wife likes hot destinations. So I'm like, oh, California, let's go there. Yeah. Unbeknownst to me that San Francisco is not the hot part of no. California, which I know now. Anyways, so we went and saw McCartney there. That show was was mind-blowing. I think we talked about it with Dan Mangan about the Hey Jude sing-along was... Psh. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that just began my love affair with that uh, with that city. April 2003 at the Skyreach Center. What the hell is the Skyreach Center That's in Edmonton? What? Uh, Rexall Place. Okay. Northlands Coliseum. Avril Lavigne with special oh, guests. I took my niece to that show. Very nice. Very nice. That was, <laughs> that was a very quick, quick excuse there. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Motley Crue, the final tour, a cautionary warning for any fan of a band that decides to quit <laughs> and wrap it up with a big old final bang. Right, and it's right there in bold letters. The right? final the goddamn final, tour. This is it. You will never see us again. But a year and a half later, or two years later, they decided to rip up that contract that they signed. No, nah, it was a few years later. So that I did lie. So there is, I. you know what, actually, that's probably a duplicate. Because I that, I do have that one. Is that the LA one? That's yeah, the Staples yeah. Center one. Right here. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, and look at those seats. Yeah, they're crazy. I mean, that was a pricey ticket. Yeah, that was a never. They, they made their money on that tour. Never mind the twenty-four hour drive there and yes, the twenty-four yes, hour yeah, drive yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. And um, this one is uh, is a favorite uh, memory as well. This is uh, Velvet Revolver. Oh. Uh, and I same thing. I'd never at, to that point. I'd never seen Guns N' Roses, and I'd never seen STP. So really, it was just an exciting trip to go and see Scott Weiland and, and Vel- Slash. Scott Weiland, Slash, and uh, someone else was in that band, wasn't well, it? Matt, I think Matt Sorum was the drummer. What was the band that and Tom Dave, Morello Dave was Kushner? in? No, that's Audio Slave. Oh, Audio yeah. Slave, right, right, Dave right. Dave Kushner, I think, was also in Velvet Revolver. But the key component to the Velvet Revolver show is what's the date on that? October 16th, 2007. I got married on October 16th, 1999. Oh. So... This Boy, was anniversary our anniversary show. So this was our and an anniversary show. But but so, your wife didn't like, go. That's an eight. That's an. What's that? Uh, this one's Edmonton. You went to the Calgary okay, show. Producer okay. Ryan saw that show in Calgary. So it's our, like it was our eighth anniversary. Yeah. And I'm like I've never seen Scott Wyman or Slash. Yeah, yeah. It's eighth. It's not. If it was the tenth anniversary, I probably would have. Yeah. Passed. But I and again I vividly remember with that show and Ryan you might too. Uh, it starts with uh, they have the curtain over top of the stage, and then straight out of Compton starts playing, and then they just have Slash standing there and the backlight behind him. So all you get is this massive silhouette of Slash on the curtain, yep. the top hat, the cigarette, everything's perfect. Straight out of Compton is playing, and then boom, that curtain came off. Oh, yeah, that Sounds- was worth any trouble I had at home. I did end up making a trip to a jewelry store after that. Show. <laughs> That is very true. <laughs> um, this one's kind of cool, uh, uh, and I really like the ticket, but Friday, December 20th, 2013 at the VAT in Red Deer, Alberta, One Bad Sun. Oh, there's one bad, yeah, there's, uh, there's another. Presented by 106.7 The Drive. There's a few One Bad Sun stubs They have some cool there. tickets. Uh, Def Leppard and Sticks, Ozzy and uh, Rob Zombie, which I also saw Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper. And Alice I just Cooper, saw that one. Yeah, yeah. Which was, uh, I think, the gruesome twosome tour they called that. So 2010 at the Jack Singer Concert Hall in Calgary, you saw Who's Live Anyway. Oh. <laughs> so whose line is it? Whose line? Yeah. And was it the like the yeah, Colin Mockery, Ryan oh, wow. Styles? I forget. Like Brad Sherwood might have been there. I think Wayne Brady. Drew Carey. Been? No, Drew. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but they they tour around quite a bit and they mix it up. Colin and Ryan were usually a part of the show. Oh, okay. That would have been um, funny. Alice Cooper at the Centrium in Red Deer, so we did have Alice oh, wow. Cooper. Very cool. In Red Deer once upon a time. Uh, I think that this was a pretty big tour. Maybe I'm wrong. Gigantour? Uh, well, it depends. There's a few Gigantours. Was this with Metallica? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No, I'm that's thinking the big, of something You're else. thinking of the big oh, four. Okay. So Gigantour, I remember there was one, uh, was Megadeth and Motorhead were the two headliners. I forget. There you saw Motorhead? Other. I did see Motorhead. Oh, shit. That's yeah. awesome. Everything louder than everything else. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. They don't make that shit up. Uh, there's my other Tom Petty. So another Petty was 2008 and 2014. Uh, Metallica, an evening with Metallica, May 22nd, 1992. Holy so that would have been the Black Album. Mm-hmm. So that would have been uh, right when they were. 
completely kicking ass. Um, Bon Jovi, 1989. So like the height, the height of his that's fame. The height. That's the New Jersey with Skid Row. I'm very curious about this one because I used to think that this band was the absolute worst, the worst. And uh, it's funny that this comes up now because we're talking to Dan Mangan about that comedy Bang Bang podcast that I discovered thanks to him. Yeah. An offshoot of that podcast is an entire. It's like a four or five year podcast about U2 called You Talking U2 to Me. So you saw U2, the 360 tour, 2011, so 10 years ago. Is that the only time you've seen U2? The only time I saw U2, and that ended up being an extra ticket that my niece had. Oh. Because I really didn't have much interest in seeing U2. And so they had that ticket and called me. I might even have been the day of the show or maybe the day before the show, and we're like, we got this extra ticket. And I'm like, "Ah, I guess I should probably say I've seen U2. Yeah. Um, And I think we talked about it. At one point during one of these shows as well, that there's only two concerts I can remember ever walking out of. Oh, God. And the one was the the Nickelback show where right. we yeah. had all kinds of goose build on us. And the other was that U2 show. You walked out. So, and it was, I went with my niece and yeah. her, I might have been boyfriend at the time, but husband now. Maybe they were married already by that time. Uh, and they were, you know, the, it was getting down to the end of the night and we knew it was, I forget what song they were even playing, but they wanted to get a beat on the on the crowd okay going so out. it was a mutual and normally i would never leave a show early yeah, yeah but they wanted to get the it was really wasn't the show i was there for so i'm like yeah okay was there any part of you that appreciated that show um because i through listening to that podcast my i'm not like a youtube listener but i appreciate what they've accomplished in their their history i, I mean for sure i can say that i and, and it's a spectacle obviously right yeah like there's however many stages they what they had three of those suckers that would leapfrog each other yeah something like that took 18 days to set up yeah one of them so the sheer magnitude and spectacle of it yeah definitely respect yeah, yeah but you're not going to see them again i saw them again no i know though no, that's i've seen them <laughs> you've most, done it most bands you've done it as you'll see I see multiple times. They get, they get like, more attention than just one show. There's another ACDC. Jesus. There's, I've got, like, and there's more of these. I don't know where all of these went because this is another thing that we talk about sometimes is, like, especially with Canadian bands, mm-hmm. you just, you, you don't go see them, whatever. I'll see them in six months when they come back around again. Yep. And eventually it gets to the point where you can't do that anymore. Yeah. So this is, yeah, like, there's the Tragically Hip in 09, the Tragically Hip in 07, the Tragically Hip in 04. I, I did figure it out one night. I saw the Tragically Hip 15 times. Wow. But there were lots of times where I just, I didn't go because you knew they were going to be back yeah, very totally. soon. And I, you know, I regret. I, I, that number should be 50 times. Well, you thought about that when you went to the Motley Crue final tour. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, this one, I think, uh, might, might resonate with producer Ryan. But uh, May 10th, 1998, where the hell is the Centennial Auditorium? Calgary? Uh, Centennial Auditorium of Saskatoon? 1998. C95 presents. I'm going to say Saskatoon, and I'm going to, mm. I'm hoping. Yeah, do you know what it is? I'm hoping this is Matchbox 20. It is Matchbox 20. All right, 20. there's Matchbox 20. There was a conversation a couple weeks ago about a mutual love for Matchbox 20. I will 20. not hold back at is all. Is there a reason to dislike Matchbox 20? I've never really listened to them. Well, I mean, we kind of talked about it last week or whenever that was, but I mean, there's a stigma around Matchbox 20. They're pretty light. They like the smooth jazz of rock I, music? I mean, kind of. And, and it was during that whole phase in rock, if you go to that late 90s, where, you know, you did have on that one side, you had like Corn and Limp Biscuit, and some of that stuff was really kind of starting to get going. And then on the flip side, in rock, you had... The Goo Goo Dolls and Matchbox 20 and Tonic and Better Than Ezra and all these really pretty soft yeah, yeah. rock bands that were 
were kind of taking over the scene a little bit. Did you ever see Limp Bizkit? Uh, no, I never did see Limp Bizkit. I thought he was going to say yes. I would have been a little I, jealous yeah, about that. No. Um, okay, uh, this one, I'm glad you have this because I, I really wish I had my ticket stub for this because for some reason for the last 10 years I haven't really cared about ticket stubs at all. But um, I maybe maybe I shouldn't say this, but I feel like this was kind of an important landmark moment for Red Deer music, for live shows in Red Deer. It was 2016. Oh. We had July Talk at oh, Bose. yes. And that's 2016? Yeah, man. That was, um, everything about that night was like insanely memorable and just, uh, it was just incredible. Yeah. Like that was, uh, it was, it was wild. I imagine that was a sold out show. Leah had, or Leia had taken the, all the hats, right? She'd collected hats right, from all the yeah, guys. I forgot about and that. And stacked the hats up I, on top I of think her. Peter ended up on the bar. Peter was he? back at the bar. And I, I think Leia ended up going through the crowd a whole bunch of times too. But yes, that was, that was one of those nights that five years later, people will still talk about and remember. Totally. And, totally. Yeah. And that, that I think was one of the first shows, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, if you remember, but July talk was one of the first shows that sold out pretty much instantly, right? Like it, we're talking seconds for that one to sell out. Big, big wreck also. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember that being like, uh, cause I'd been in Red Deer for, if that was five years ago, I'd been in Red Deer for a year and a half already. Um, and I, I don't know. I just had a feeling that that shit was starting to pop off here. Yeah. And if you uh, go back probably maybe a year or two years before that show, July Talk played at, um, I don't know if it was International Beer House at the time, but it was in that building. July Talk played there because they were just starting to break at radio. Yeah. And I remember having their radio rep be like, you got to see this band. Like, you, you've got it. Like, they they didn't have anything on the air yet. Yeah. And I remember listening to July Talk the first time going, ah, oh, geez, like, I just don't know if his vocals are going to, like, I don't know if people are going to latch onto that. So I remember I, uh, I, I had the choice to go to that show that night or I had a bunch of friends that were meeting somewhere else and I brushed off that July talk show and went somewhere else and deeply, deeply regret that. But that was not the first time that they played Red Deer. No, but it was it was a momentous. But that is a momentous. That is, I mean, the scene was building. Yeah. And, uh, you know, to have the doors kicked wide open, that July talk show is probably responsible. R Producer Ryan, were you working sound that night? No, you were just a, a, a stagehand of sorts. Yeah, no, that was... Uh... That was incredible. I think I still dream about that concert from time they to time. They were pretty particular about everything. I remember we had uh, we had done a contest and had winners at the sound check. Sound check, yeah, yeah. And I remember having my phone out just to get a couple of pictures of some video of the winners there. Right. And it didn't take long before somebody from their tour was like, not during sound check. Okay. I remember when they had, I think it was their first radio signal or single, rather. I don't remember which song it was, but uh, I remember some, some guy I was working with at the time was like, ah. This band sucks. Yeah, I think Guns and Ammunition was the first one that was it blew up. I think. M yeah. Anyways, and uh, he was he was just like he sounds sounds too like sounds a lot like Tom Waits. It sucks. I was like, <laughs> how dare yeah, you that's... insult two great musicians, two great sounds, I, I, and yeah, I definitely am totally okay being wrong with that one. I just I didn't think it was gonna fly. Yeah, I just didn't think. Yeah, their live show is fantastic. Amongst one of the best, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is pretty cool, and I didn't know this thing existed. You didn't, like, make this. This isn't, like, a bootleg The Hip Club card. No, that I was 
there's very few fan clubs that I have actually joined, but the Hips is definitely one of them. So what did this I, like? What was this? What I did can't, it do? It got you access to tickets early, I think. Okay. Uh, discounts on merch. Crazy. I think. Was it like a yearly subscription or? You know, I honestly can't remember with that one. I, I would bet it was probably a yearly yeah. subscription. I have a buddy that was a member of the, it's called The Warehouse, the Dave Matthews Band like fan club. And, you know, there's perks and you'll get like a show poster or some sort of trinket from the tour of the year or whatever. And he had done it for years and years and years and you, you get, get early access to tickets and stuff. But at some point he just, I think he realized like this isn't like I'm spent, I'm not saving anything for my 10 years of going to see this guy four or five times a year. Uh, I'm getting ripped off even when it comes to the pre-sales, and I don't know if he's a fan fan club member anymore. Well, so. I, th- I don't I think that might be a reason why fan clubs don't really necessarily exist anymore. Yeah. But there are Patreons, and yep. you do, right? I mean, that is the whole evolution of it. You're a Patreon member, right? You're yep. a patron. I'm a patron. To uh, uh, a fella that's... Uh, that's uh, we, there's a few of them in here somewhere. Stacked in here somewhere. Oh, there's, there's oh there couple, we go. There's, there's one. The White Buffalo. The white buffalo, not wearing a white buffalo shirt today. Damn it. Just a Big Fork, Montana, Flathead Lake Brewing. Which would have been on a trip to see the white <laughs> buffalo, but I would have bought this shirt. So Seven there degrees of the white buffalo. Well, this is a... Yeah, I don't know that I have much more over here that's on the cool side. I mean, I've seen the cult a few times. Okay. Uh, and the cult was good. So the cult actually opened that Metallica show on the End Justice for All tour, which mm-hmm. was a weird opener at that time. They're, they're a little soft for that, aren't they? You, you would th- think... Um, and then this is actually, this is the one, so one of the worst shows that I've ever seen is The Cult, and this is at the Centrium <laughs> in 2008, and you could just, like, it just looked like Ian Asbury could care less right. to okay. be there. Like, I'm playing Red Deer, all right, go through the motions. But they were fantastic when I saw them open for, for Metallica, but that show was a little bit of a, a mail-in. Got a Skid Row ticket here. Aerosmith with Skid Row, oh, Aero, sorry, okay. uh, for March 1990. Now, Skid Row has also played, they've played, or... Well, Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach, played, okay, played right, who's no Red longer Deer. with Skid Row. No. He's like a very, um, he's very much not part of Skid Row anymore, right? Right. All I know about Sebastian Bach is he was on some Trailer Park Boys. That's all I know. And they were pretty sweet. He likes He, he meant G- Gilmore Girls. Gilmore Girls? He's on Gilmore oh, Girls? Oh, don't even... I've never you watched know, don't a even. single second of Gilmore Girls. <laughs> um, now, I will say there is a, a cool collection here of Van Halen tickets and this wristband. And uh, if you're looking for a pretty sweet Van Halen story, you can head back to episode uh, one of our episodes. Go back and listen to them all. Go back and listen to them all. <laughs> well, I uh, tried my best is to there, keep these as yeah, organized as the, possible. Last one. You did not. Did what? I, oh, Look no, at this I friggin' just, mess. I had made. Huh. <laughs> yeah, tons the, of glorious sons in there. Uh, oh, Mother Mother. Also great, great show. I know you don't like the Lumineers, but that Lumineer show was... Are They they put out pretty, a new song recently? They put out a new song a couple of weeks ago, which is really good. There is a oh, monster truck. Look at all these great Red Deer shows you missed in here. More glorious sun shows. Monster truck with Dusty Tucker. Hey, uh, producer Ryan was in in that band. Is that, that have band. a date? January thirtieth, twenty fourteen. Do you remember that show? That or sorry, I, that yeah, that was it. Would have been at the Vat. Oh yeah, Beer House. There it is. A long lost venue here in Red Deer, the International Beer Haas. What are you looking for? 
Well, there was. Uh, I had a picture in here. Yes, you do. I have that. Oh, do you have the picture? I do have okay. the picture. Okay. Because I thought we had to go tit for tat. You uh, did. Yeah, I feel like you did yourself with this picture. Well, and that's not even the one that I wanted to bring, but that's the one I could find. Okay. So back to here. Uh, you take it. You can tell me about this picture. Uh, back to Patrick's tick pics. I haven't even looked at it. I just know I saw. I saw. I realized what it was. I put it down. There was a uh, what was it? Was it a school ID of yeah, yours? Yeah, it was my grade nine school ID. Grade nine school ID mm -hmm. with hair now fully public out to here. So this is again not exactly the one that I'd wanted to find. I'm going to say this is probably grade seven. Okay, grade seven. So you don't have. Did you have control over your style at that point in your life? Uh, I'm you can tell I'm just taking over. I'm just I'm just starting. So, grade seven, Didsbury, <laughs> whatever school. Oh my god! 1987. I'm I mean, say. it's not the worst, right? Man, you've really you've really grown up. The two, uh, see, I, I, that's why the beard's there, to hide all the little zits. Oh, really? Maybe. I don't know. Um, okay, so first of all, there's a couple takeaways here. Um, trendsetter for the hair, because that hairstyle has come back primarily with hockey bros and jocks. That is very years, much, right? uh, yeah, throw a hockey helmet on that. I, uh, I had a high school music teacher that, I think on a weekly basis, for the whole class, we would go to a website dedicated to collecting pictures of, of awful mullets, and... I think this one's pretty good. That's I don't think you would have made the site. But those glasses have also come back. <laughs> so so I think you need to reevaluate re your glasses game and get back into these. So my nickname at that stage in life, which you guys are too young to remember, this part of Degrassi, we're going back to the original, original Degrassi. But my nickname was Wheels. For Wheelchair I, Jimmy. Have you, uh, no, do, do you guys, have you ever watched the original Degrassi's? No, no, Okay, no, no. so Wheels was one of the original students with Snake and yada, yada, yada. Why? What was um, that? Is exactly what he looked like. The big, stupid '80s glasses, the stupid mullet, and that. So when I say this is the period of me starting to take over, yeah. What are we talking? You can still about here? see the perm in the in the mullet a little bit, right? So the perm was not originally my idea. Okay. And so it's on its way out, and this is this is the transition from that to like full mullet to okay. hair down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what about the sweater? Uh, don't ask him about the sweater. Was that like, hey, that, it's picture day, you're putting this yeah. friggin' sweater on. So I screwed myself for picture day in grade five because I had, so grade five, 1985, I had a Slimer shirt, right? Because Ghostbusters is all the rage. Yeah. So I had a, a Slimer shirt that I think is a good shirt to wear for my school picture, yeah. which my parents did not. So I wore whatever it was my mom had put on me, and I brought the Slimer shirt to school. Oh, uh, okay. And then put the, so when the picture showed up, I have the Slimer shirt on. So, yeah, I didn't get to choose my shirts for a few years after that. I don't know, man. I think that's oh, That's not bad. Straight. It's like a no. kind of a, like an animalistic kind of. It just goes to show how quickly the styles. Come back, right? Circle, like that's right? only five years ago. Yes. Five years ago, Peter had his grade seven school picture. Well, this is an unreal collection. So. Is there anything in there that you're like, oh, damn, I wish I had seen that show? Well, I guess Muse. Yeah, Muse is a big one. That's a big one for me. And it sucks because I, like, kind of over them over the last decade, like, haven't really cared too much for their music. So it would have been sweet to see them a few years back. I mean, I got to say, I would have, I would, I'd like to see you too someday just based on what I know about their production. Hmm. Despite you walking out of it. Um, it was a production. Yeah, but other than that. <laughs> <laughs> There's only 
57 subs here. There's got to be something. Oh, we talked about that one, I think, at one point. Yeah, Rain. Sure I, was, I, was, was I rain? went through a bunch of Rain. So Rain, the elite, I don't know if they still exist, but they are at one point were the number one Beatles tribute band that must have been going, right? Like, it was a pretty phenomenal thing that they they uh they, they did, do actually. a really really good job of it um yeah i mean oh yeah oh what's this well this is sorry i'm just uh brian adams waking up the nation rain or shine bad bad badlands big valley so this was the original like there's the big valley jamboree yeah and then what the stage 13 was out in camrose in that same so the the big valley jamboree actually started in the actual town of big valley or just outside of so it was brian adams uh, Sass Jordan, the Steve Miller Band, and Extreme. Uh, September '92, so that was the long week, Labor Day long weekend. Yeah, and it snowed like a mofo just before the festival, so it actually ended up getting delayed Jeez. by a few days. They had to shut it down. Even when the show happened, it was just this big. It wasn't quite Woodstockian, yeah, yeah. but it was just this big, huge uh, mud pit. But and it yeah, was so fun. The Big it was Valley, good. Big Valley was originally at Big Valley. Was Brian Adams in like a muddy like? festival situation a, a good show oh it's the only way to see brian adams is it okay is that uh, a good show I, I don't remember a whole lot about the show 1992 <laughs> so that would have been grade 12 for me so uh i'm pretty sure it was awesome yeah i went through a weird period too where from uh at least the first probably a lot longer than i'd like to admit but for a good chunk of the pandemic i was like man i'm cool <laughs> i don't really like i don't feel myself missing live music too much and i don't know why I felt that way, um, especially seeing so many great shows, specifically here in Red Deer in the last few years. But uh, and then we, I went to a show at Bose. Bose had a big uh, weekend in, I think it was July, and I, I was like, oh, I remember even just when we nuts. had the static shift in to record the side road sessions, yeah. and yeah, just yeah. being, you're right, you're around right. that live yeah. music, just even just in a small little room like this, it's yeah. God damn it, I miss it. Right, <laughs> get your shots and let's go see some live music again. All right, what do we got uh, to look forward to coming up? What, with the road the stage? Yeah. Oh, my God. You, we, we don't spill the beans too, too much on this Side show. road sessions, a lot yeah. of content getting kicked out of yeah. the communal creative studios. Real busy. Uh, shout out to producers Ryan and Riley, who we will get on the show one of these days. I thought you were supposed to get a microphone in there. It's happening. <laughs> yes. it, it, it'll happen one of these days. Um, and, uh, yeah, shout out to our sponsors, Go Services, Inc., Sawback Brewery, Tourism Red Deer, and Bose Barn Stage. The one and only Bose Barn Stage. So, so many, funny. like honestly, there's so many stubs in here from, yeah, from Bose. And it's only gonna get bigger. You're gonna need a new bag. I maybe I can find like this, uh, like a Harry Potter, like maybe like a wand box. <laughs> we should see. Not how just much... a stupid little cookie tin. It was uh, for can soap. Can I get like it was oh, for soap. soap tin? We should uh, see what that that tin goes for on eBay. <laughs> Maybe if it's if it's not a collector's item, we'll hook you up with a couple of them for all these goddamn tickets. So many, so many. I'm gonna need. Uh, I'll need something. Yeah, have fun reorganizing these episodes of the road, the stage. Well, before we get into when episodes, uh, follow, share, like, subscribe, subscribe to the Bose Bar and Stage YouTube channel where you can watch all the episodes if you aren't watching them. Review. Yeah, shoot us some stars. And get ready for new episodes every... Wednesday. 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 The Road, the Stage is produced by Ryan Cooley and Riley Sir Yin at the Communal Creative Studios in Red Deer, Alberta. 
in partnership with Go Services Inc., Sawback Brewing Co., Tourism Red Deer, and Bose Bar and Stage.